0: This is coal. Don't be afraid. Deep Don't be treasure. scared. We
1: are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money.
0: There's no other developed country with anything like the wealth solved renewable energy resources that Australia has. It's the number one issue facing humanity, and it's the number
1: one issue for me. Many of us look at the whole climate change discussion, the global nature of it, and say to ourselves... What can I do? Well, one clear possibility could be to join in a community battery. They can dovetail with our other Australian achievement, the highest uptake of rooftop solar in the world, roughly one in three homes and businesses now have installed systems. And actually there's too much electricity being harvested during the day now and nowhere to put it. So we're still relying on coal to meet evening demand which brings us back to community batteries. There's increasing support for them from government at all levels. The energy market operator now predicts that low-voltage storage, like these batteries, will be essential in the renewable energy transition. Where do we go from here? Alison Reeves joining us to explain. She's at the Grattan Institute with its energy and climate program, and I declare I sit on that board. And Stuart Watson has an interesting story to tell from a personal point of view. Uh, He sits up in northern New South Wales and is very close to securing a battery there. Hello to you both. He's chairperson of Energy Forever, by the way. Hello to you both. Good morning, Geraldine. Uh, Alison, the term community battery, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a catch-all, and I think it's sort of, we hear it in the background. What exactly does it refer to? Sure. A a community battery
2: is a battery that's a bit bigger than a home battery, but smaller than one of the giant grid-scale batteries like we see in South Australia, for example. And it's owned or operated for the benefit of a group of people rather than for a single household. Um, within that, though, there's a lot of variation as to what a community battery can be. So, um, they can include households. They can include non-household participants in them. So, for example, schools and uh, supermarkets can host community batteries. They can be... Um, owned by um, members of the community or they can be leased. Um, I've seen community batteries um, being looked at in retirement villages, for example. They can be attached to solar and wind farms that are also owned by the community. Um, So there's a lot of different variation and a lot of different models. And as yet, people, I think, are still figuring out which ones of those models are going to work and which ones won't.
1: Yes. Um, how do they link in with the solar panels? I mean, yes. What's the what's the sort of um, the linkage there?
2: Yeah, I mean, all all of the batteries we have on the on the grid are they're becoming increasingly useful because what we're dealing with now is that renewable generators such as wind and solar, they generate when the wind is blowing or the sun is shining, regardless of what the demand for electricity is. So that means there's a mismatch between demand and supply and the way that you solve that is by storing the electricity. So when it's very sunny in the middle of the day, the solar is making more energy than people need. That energy can go into the battery and it can be used later at a time when there's more demand than the renewables are able to supply and so, from that perspective, what they're doing is helping to keep the grid in balance, and they're also making sure that we're not wasting energy when the renewable um, resources are around, whether that's solar in the middle of the day or on particularly windy days for wind farms.
1: So it steadies the grid, you could say.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's
1: right. There, there is an issue, isn't there, emerging about solar power overcharging? Goodness, you've got some, you've got a renovation in the background, have you? <laughs> I can hear. Ah, in... uh, that's not me, actually. No. Oh. Okay well I can hear something in my in my uh, in my ear. Um so this uh, this solar power overcharging the grid um, which you've just alluded to how could, how do we mitigate that please? Can we? Sure. Um yes of course. I mean
2: So what's happening is in the middle of the day, a lot of the time now, we have so much solar, you know, you you gave the numbers for households before, but there's also large amounts of commercial solar as well. And of course, because it's the middle of the day and it's sunny pretty much everywhere, all of that solar is pumping away and wanting to export electricity into the grid. Now, if that's more than the amount of electricity that the grid needs at that time, the market operator is sometimes having to direct some of those solar farms and wind farms and other generators to switch off so that the supply and the demand stay balanced. Now, that's not an ideal situation, particularly for the commercial generators, because what that means is that they're losing profit in the middle of the day. So when you've got batteries, what you can do is the energy's got somewhere else to go. Um, So one of the things that people are looking at is how can battery owners get paid for taking that excess energy that's otherwise not going to be used?
1: Right. Okay. Now, I want to go to Stuart now because you're on the ground, really, I I wonder how close you feel you are to a battery. Um, You're in Port Macquarie and uh, your organisation, Energy Forever, has really been um, instigating quite a lot of solar uptake in your community. And I think you're now, you feel you're quite close to this next stage of a battery. Uh, So how has that journey been for you?
0: Yeah, Geraldine, (coughs) excuse me, what a great intro, and thanks, Alison. I feel a little bit redundant. You really summed up the uh, community batteries so perfectly. Uh, Energy Forever has been going since 2015, and, and we've been proponents of renewable energy, and we've had such a great uptake. We feel partially responsible for that in Port Macquarie, and like you said, in the middle of the day, we can't give power away here, and we're seeing feed-in tariffs for people who have invested in solar being reduced so uh, it really does point to the need for storage. We've uh, applied uh, an expression of interest for the for the latest round of Arena Community Battery Grants, but unfortunately I don't think we'll be successful on the basis that we don't have enough buy-in from local government. So uh, what what the community wants is power that's clean, reliable and most importantly affordable and for a community battery to be successful it's it's really clear that you need buy-in from the community which we're really confident that we have
1: well do you but know although, you, do you know you have it i suppose or can well, you how can you for example test in, it? in
0: 2015 when we put up our um, philanthropic model for placing uh, solar on roofs of community buildings we had over 300 people contribute to the philanthropic model mm. we put out a survey as who would be interested in <clears throat>, purchasing storage on a community battery and we had 150 replies so we're we're absolutely sure right. that if we can provide storage cheaper than what it would cost you to provide home storage we can soak up some of this excess solar and and, and really provide uh, Carbon abatement, keep the money local, have a win for the local government, a win for the distribution network service provider or essential energy as it is in regional New South Wales, and uh, possibly a win for a retailer. So we can see a win-win particularly as battery prices are coming down. And uh, What would be the cost, Stuart? Well... The cost to, to make it affordable, the cost we're aiming at is to be about sixty percent of what it would cost you to put the equivalent amount of storage in your own home. So there's there's a place for home storage for people who can afford it, but we would like to make this an overall benefit for the community. We're looking closely at whats what's happening at the successful uh, applicants of the arena, battery grants, particularly the Narrabri and Mornington Peninsula. Uh, projects which are proceeding uh, to see if we can replicate their models. And our aim would be very much to um, have 50 to 60% of the cost of storage in your own home with a lot less hassles.
1: Right. So they've got to be able to put up a few thousand, you know, because batteries are still very expensive. I just priced one the other day in your own home. Um, And so people have got to be prepared to put that money up. And I take it that um, they're the only ones, uh, this might sound like a really ridiculous question, they're the only ones that benefit from it. Once you install a community battery, it doesn't go to everybody. You've got to buy into it, don't you?
0: That's the model we've got at the moment. But the plans that we have would be that local government would buy into it as well. There's huge advantages. We've mapped out, we've had um, final year students from ANU, from Marnie Shore's battery program up here, uh, doing some some planning and design for us and feasibility studies. And we've mapped out council infrastructure where we could place community batteries around the Port Macquarie region, so we really uh, we're working to get on board with council. We've applied now for a working group with council to prove that it can be benefit to the local government as well as to the communities. So, so they're not without,
1: they're, they're really ambivalent, are they? They are at the
0: moment, unfortunately. We've we've got a long term energy strategy in the Port Macquarie Council. Uh, and Port Macquarie Council is part of the city's powers partnership so we want to leverage off those commitments from council and really show that a community battery can be viable can keep money local and uh, is is a no-brainer
1: how, how what's the sc- size of these community batteries
0: well like alison said before we from 500 kilowatt hours to um, 5 megawatt hours is the size that we call medium scale so we'd be aiming at something about a megawatt hour so and what do they that, look
1: what do they look like
0: or well, half the size of a shipping container
1: so just yeah, sitting or in a, a hour. and what you have to find a where a, would a you location, place them
0: yeah location 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 and and we've mapped out quite a few locations yeah we're um, we're ready to start talking. But yeah, we have to have a location that suits uh, the electricity network, a location that has a, a, a good load and typically um, poo and pumps is where it's at. So a waste treatment plants, that's where we're looking. Good loads for the council to have uh, solar soaking and good locations for us to put a community battery. So we're looking at a, a shared model. Like Alison said, there's about Six different models of ownership that the ANU has uh, studied, and and ours would be a joint ownership with community and council.
1: Gosh, are you are you? Is this all voluntary for, from you, or are you being paid for this? You're sort of jumping in mm-hmm. and obviously devoting quite a bit of your life to it.
0: <laughs> voluntary, very much so. We've got five dedicated members um, who've been working hard uh, on community batches. We've also got. We ran a, a forum last year of local community power groups in Port Macquarie, and we've got quite a strong group in Comboyne who are looking okay. more for resilience for a community battery because they had a lot of a lot of problems during fires and floods.
1: Uh, so, my, exactly what my question to Alison was going to be. What if you have a massive storm or terribly inclement weather and it breaks down, Alison? What, do you, do we know yet how this is faring around uh, the places where community batteries have been installed? It,
2: uh, um, not exactly. No, I mean anything that is connected to the grid will be just des- so whether that's a you know a solar power system or a battery will be designed so that if the rest of the grid goes down that it will shut off power because what you don't want is for it to be sending energy out to the grid when there are people working on the lines. Yeah, um, but one of the things that um you can use battery for batteries for is as a form of uninterruptible power supply for. A single building. So, I mean, when um, Stuart was talking before about, you know, um, w- wastewater treatment plants, for example, those are one of the things that you don't want breaking down um, in emergency situations. So that's why, for example, they could be good places to host a battery because that would mean that you could keep the water on um, and keep the sewage pump running, um, even if you the rest of the the electricity grid was not
1: working in that particular area. Um, AusGrid supplied us with quite interesting information. Um, They said they have three, soon to be nine, community batteries installed on their network just in New South Wales alone. Um, And they do sense that uh, there's a great potential to work with communities, as they say, to unlock customer and and market value. Uh, Now, are you seeing this... Across Australia, um, Alison, are you, is there is there are there particular areas of more interest than others? I oh,
2: look, I think there's there is a um, a growing level of interest in um, in community batteries, and I think particularly in areas where the electricity grid isn't as strong as it could be, because one of the things that um, happens when you put a battery in is it can actually make the power more um, more reliable in that particular area, and. The Australian electricity grid is sort of very, very long and very skinny, and for those reasons that means it has a lot of areas where the power is not as reliable as it is, say, in in central Sydney or central Melbourne. Um, So there's certainly a lot of interest in how you can use batteries, not just as a way of mopping up that excess solar, but also as part of strengthening the grid so so that more people get more reliable power.
1: But but just going back to that question of whether it all goes down, like what happens about maintenance? Uh, it, it, you know, it wouldn't be owned by the main players, would it? It would be actually, a, or, or am I wrong? Would it be owned by I think the
2: community? It depends on what model you choose. So there are some community battery models where it is owned by um, a, a network company or an, um, one of the other energy companies um, and people buy, sort of have it, I guess you could almost say they lease it. So, you know, it's a place that they can lease to store their solar, if, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I mean, as with any community facility, you really need to think through how it is going to be maintained and looked after and how decisions are going to be made about it long term. Anyone who's ever been involved in a community association, and I'm sure Stuart lives this every day... Um, but even if you've just had to deal with you know the owners' corporation or body corporate in the block of fats, you know that <laughs> making decisions as a group can be difficult and getting people to pay attention um, over the long term and to remain committed over the long term can be difficult as well. I think that's why it's really good that the government is funding trials of these because the trials not just sort out the technical side, but they also sort out the governance side as well and they help people try out different models for how, the batteries are managed over a period of years.
0: Yeah. Al- Alison, if I could interrupt, I think it's interesting that in these trials, it's obvious that uh, ARENA was focused on giving the DNSPs or the um, the distributors exemptions to be able to take up the ARENA grants. Like uh, typically essential energy was ring-fenced and not able to store and resell energy. So... Um, I think that's a brave move by AMO and ARENA to do that so that um, the distribution network service providers can get this experience. We've already seen in Port Macquarie a commercial battery go in near a, uh, a new uh, water treatment plant uh, out on the highway. So we're getting the experience and very much I see a cooperation between retailers and community and um, and, and the distributors as being a model that could go forward. It's sort um, of
1: a mutual model, isn't it? A mutual. model. It really model.
0: is. It benefits everyone. I've got a, a catchphrase uh, that I like to put out: is that we've we've got the technology now. This is not, you know, this is technology that we can get off the shelf. Uh, it's not if, but when. It's it's we, we just need the political will to apply the technology. So a few regulatory changes, we can make some real big leaps forward.
1: Mm. Although it is interesting, the conversation had an article recently, just in a, a small warning saying, "Look, it, 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 you know, you could this is really needs some good thought about whether it's durable and long term." And and so, Alison, I suppose I wonder if, if you give me a a bit of a judgment call. Where are we on this? Stage? Stage of development would you would you predict?
2: Look, I, I think we are still um, at the early stages of where potentially we could be, um, but I mean, I, I think that article was was probably right that rushing into this too fast, I think, would risk having some white elephant batteries around the place where, you know, people's initial flush of enthusiasm isn't sustained over the long term. So, you know, the fact that we've got um, dedicated groups like Stuart's who are willing to put in the work to um to figure out the very best way that we can do this in Australia and all of the different models we could use and which ones of those will suit which right. people is
1: very positive.
2: But right. it's gonna be it's gonna be a while, I think. Uh,
1: yes. Very and when amb- Stuart, we have to I'm sorry, but we have to go to the news. <laughs> oh, thank, well, thank you very much indeed, Alison Reeve and Stuart Watson. Very interesting discussion. Thank you so much. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music, and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.